0: Hey everyone, this is Ryan Pinagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent Fam, and one of the co-hosts of This Week in Marvel podcast. You're listening to The Cruise Control Podcast with Randy Cruz.
1: And welcome to another edition of The Cruise Control Podcast here on iTunes and SoundCloud.com. Download and subscribe to the podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud.com. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J, C-R-U-Z, and I'm joined by Mr. Graham Matthews as I am joined by Graham every weekend to talk about the week in wrestling. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. He's a featured columnist for Bleacher Report. Graham, how you doing, man?
0: Doing awesome, Randy. It's a great week. I'm always excited to be back here on the show, specifically, with so much going on, I know you sent out a couple of tweets throughout the day talking in mm-hmm. a WWE, No Mercy on Sunday, the whole Goldberg, Brock Lesnar thing going on right now. There's just so much to break down in the world of wrestling. I'm to talk about it here today, brother.
1: Yeah, man. You know, usually we talk about either Raw, SmackDown, or the pay-per-view coming up, but now you have, you know, again, they, they are rumors, but, you know, I guess... Rumors there are that are leaning on the possibility that it might be true. So, um, right out the gate, again, you can follow Graham on Twitter at Russell Rant. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz. Um, a lot of you did send in your questions and comments. Uh, I will get to that. We'll, we'll promise not to forget that. But right out the gate, you know, good old JR says last night on Twitter that, you know, Barring anything, you know, not verbatim, but barring anything that the plan is for Brock Lesnar to face Goldberg at Survivor Series, which will be in Toronto, Canada. So uh, I know I mean, we are taping on a Wednesday and I know Goldberg is supposed to be on ESPN Sports Center tonight. Um, does he break the news there? We have no idea, but J- Jim Ross, uh, I guess, you know, he won't put something out there that is not true or leaning toward true, but says Brock Goldberg is almost done or is done to go at it at Survivor Series. What's your take on that? And if that happens, um, are you for it? Are you more like, great, it'll be a great pop for Survivor, but then you're trying to think down the road, how does that benefit both Brock and Goldberg?
0: Well, I think it doesn't really benefit either one guy, any one guy specifically, to be honest. I think it's just a cool thing for the fans. Um, I do buy into the rumor. I guess, like you said, we'll find out more tonight on the ESPN show. We're only mere hours out from the show airing on ESPN, so we'll find out more then. But it, it is pretty telling that they said on both Raw and Smackdown this week, the commentator specifically said that if he was going to be on ESPN just to promote the video game, they would not have mentioned the fact that he would be discussing his current relationship with WWE. They would not say that if he was just talking about the video game or he was just promoting 2K17. So there's obviously where there's smoke, there's fire with the Goldberg rumors. And it looks like he is coming back for one more match. I would not put it past them whatsoever. I don't know whether it be Survivor Series. It could be, I mean, maybe Jim Ross just thought that because in his mind, maybe Survivor Series is the next big show. And technically, it is, but honestly, it hasn't been a big marquee event in since I don't know a decade, decade and a half, even maybe since the '90s. I'm not really sure. That said, though, it would be a huge, as you said, a huge buy rate, a huge pop for Survivor Series. They could save it for the Rumble or WrestleMania. It doesn't really matter. But that said, though, I think it's fine. I'm, fine. I'm totally fine with it. I think a lot of people would like to see Goldberg back for one more match. It's not going to be a masterpiece. But honestly, at this point, for one thing, Brock Lesnar has not yet competed at Survivor Series in the four, four and a half years that he's been back with the company. He has never been at Survivor Series. Every other big four pay-per-view but Survivor Series. So I would have him wrestle the event against Goldberg. He's got to win, though. He lost last time. He's been undefeated since WrestleMania 29. He has not been pinned or submitted since WrestleMania 29. So I would keep him unbeaten going forward. Um, but I think it'd be nice. I mean, just to bring back Goldberg, it's right around the time the game's coming out anyways. It's a nice little advertisement for the game. I'm all for it. Not saying it's going to be a five-star classic, but as someone who was not around when Goldberg was first doing his thing in WWE over 10 years ago, it'd be cool for me and some younger fans. It's a nice advertisement for the video game. I don't see much wrong with it.
1: Yeah, I, you know, uh, many fans would tend to go back and, you know, kind of analyze the first Goldberg run he had with WWE and kind of say that it it, it went decent. Um, it could have been a lot better. Maybe maybe it's because he did come from WCW and people in there just didn't want to give him the rub or the push or just felt like he was not a good worker or not great on the microphone and just felt like, you know, he, he just came from a company that just... You know, built them up and had crazy hype uh, around them. Now he's, you know, in a company with Taker and Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Randy Orton at the time where he kind of got lost in the shuffle. And, 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 you know, also Brock was there, too. And he was there for like a year, I would say year and a half, maybe, uh, or just about a year. And everybody knows him and Brock went at it at WrestleMania 20. Both got booed out of... Uh, MSG that, that night it was both their final uh, matches within the company at that particular time and you know you're going back to 2004 so Goldberg if he does come back it'll be a 12 year hiatus of uh, coming back and then it's you know he, he's got to be between anywhere I could be wrong between 46 and 49 50 years old and it's like okay yeah we, we pop for the you know the nostalgia uh, aspect but it's like at this point, why bring in Goldberg? Because everybody's, you know, with the whole new era and trying to bring up the whole new new cast of wrestlers. It's like, does the company need to go back to the nostalgia acts when they feel like they're not getting the attention or they're not getting the ratings or they just don't, they just don't have the confidence in these young wrestlers to, to get over the hump? Do you feel that way or do you feel like just, let's just give Goldberg one more match and that's pretty much it?
0: Like you said, it's pretty much the latter. It's not really having anything to do with getting the next big guy over. I talked to Goldberg myself about a year ago, and he said himself that if he never said he would even come back even then. But it, from the sound of it, it sounded like he was saying that if I was going to come back for one more match, I would only face Brock Lesnar. That's the only guy that he talks to from the wrestling business, being outside of the business for the last 12 years, the only guy he's still friends with. And, I mean, I could see a match with maybe John Cena, but or maybe even Roman Reigns, but I mean, like, he's probably not interested in that. He doesn't know how, who half the roster is, let alone 80% of them. So that being said, I feel like the only reason they're doing it is to give him one more match, one big payday. It's more of a benefit for Goldberg than the company. I mean, they might get a few extra buy rates, or not buy rates, it's not really on pay-per-view anymore, but subscription numbers, to see Goldberg back in one more match. I don't want to see him for another run. Let me just make that clear. I don't want to see him back for a full-on gear facing everyone in the roster because you know he's not going to lose to anybody. I feel like if he's going to lose to anyone, which he didn't, really use, he didn't really lose all that often in his last run, but if he's going to lose to anyone, it's going to be Brock Lesnar. He's not going to be losing, even John Cena, I'd imagine. So if he's back for one match, that's fine. You know, it's a lot like the whole Sting thing. It doesn't really further anyone in the current roster. It's just a cool thing. I mean, granted, Goldberg has been here before. Sting was not when he showed up a couple of years ago. But just do one little match, you know, one little cool match with Brock. Um, I don't know if the match will be any better than it was 12 years ago, maybe just under different circumstances. It is in Canada, a well-known, notorious, rowdy crowd, so we'll see how the crowd reacts to Lesnar and Goldberg, but it's something for Lesnar in the meantime because no one stands a possible threat to Brock Lesnar right now. Let's it, the guy destroyed John Cena two years ago. He pretty much annihilated Randy Orton at SummerSlam. No one on the current roster stands a legitimate, is a legitimate threat to Brock Lesnar. Maybe Goldberg. Cause he's the only man that has beaten Brock Lesnar that Brock Lesnar never got his win back against. Probably the only man ever that has beaten Brock, and Brock never ended up beating. So maybe he gets the win back at Survivor Series, which I hope he would Because if he lost. What a waste that would be. But otherwise, yeah, I feel like it's more so just one more match for Goldberg as opposed to furthering the new era or getting somebody over or whatever else. It's just a one-off match. Not a run, hopefully not, but... Just to advertise the video game and all that other
1: kind of crap. So you're saying Jack Swagger is not a threat to Brock Lesnar?
0: <laughs> he might be if you beats Baron Corbin on Sunday. <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, on a, on, a, on a bullshit tap out that the referee messed up somehow. <laughs> I mean, I, that was... Anyway, um... A couple of people did chime in with some questions on and thoughts about the the Brock and and Goldberg stuff. Um, if I heard correctly, you told me you, you were not in tune with Goldberg's first run with the company, right?
0: Not that I wasn't into it, but I definitely agree with what you said. That it was a decent run. It wasn't a terrible run. I mean, he didn't like it. He's gone on record and saying it was awful. I mean, probably more so to the way the backstage politics unfolded in the way he was booked. But even the way that he was booked, like you said, it was a couple years too late. It was five years past, not his prime, but past the prime of his popularity anyway. It was two years past the invasion when he should have come in in the first place. And when he came in, they booked him as a monster for a couple of months. Then he ran into the inevitable roadblock that was Triple H, got the good old shovel. And then that was pretty much it. Then he left a couple months later. So like you said, it was really not a terrible run, I'd say, but definitely not what it could have been.
1: All right, because at, at Scarlet One, um, did ask both of us, what do we think of, of his original run? So you, you said your piece. I, I pretty much said the same thing. Like, I thought it was decent. could have been better. Um, short and, um, you know, maybe backstage politics got involved with, with him trying to be champion or maybe he did not want to lose. We have no idea. But I just felt like he came in at, at, at a time where, a lot of people were on top, and I guess maybe just people just felt a certain way toward him, whether personally or his in-ring work, um, but not as planned as as everybody had had hoped it would be. Um, at VMan Seven Two Five, this is. A comment i said what do you think about brock and goldberg going at a survivor series he said it would be a, a, a horrible idea i'd rather see someone like joe nakamura bray etc face brock lesnar than goldberg who was horrible at wrestlemania 20 with him so i mean a brock against samoa joe eh, I, brock and nakamura no brock and bray i, I thought we were gonna get that at you know, from last year's Royal Rumble, and that faded out. Um, so, yeah, I, I think at this point, at this particular time, if you want a big star or a big pop, that's someone that, that, that Brock is going to fight. And plus, there is, you know, like we said, there is history with Goldberg and Brock. Listen, they're not going to tease a 2K17 going back and forth and do nothing with it. Like, we're not dumb. It just... You know, getting Goldberg to to sign on the on the dotted line to commit to a contract, whether it's a one off or a couple matches here and there, we we have no idea. But to, at VMan Seven Two Five, um, I don't know if it's a horrible idea, but I think it's just it, it's just an idea for the time being. At underscore Brizo, somebody is going to get injured. So, so you think that Goldberg is going to come back, and and you kind of fear that. He may not be able to take 25 suplexes or you feel like he's at an age where, you know, Brock Brock got to chill
0: out. <laughs> what do you think? Well, he can't work the same style of match that he's done in the past. Oh, no way. I mean, no he's way. definitely not going to do that, yeah.
1: I mean, you never know. Brock just might not give a fuck. <laughs> just, who just, <laughs> just Suplex. Who suplex. Uh, last comment at... Um. Nor Lever, I probably said it wrong. It's gonna be trash, and they can keep it. So, I, I guess a lot of people are just not really in. I mean, in favor, or you know, little amount of people are not in favor of seeing Brock and Goldberg. But then again, they might shock us. They might present it very well. They might, like tonight on Sports Center, he might say he's gonna fight Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series or at a, at an upcoming event. And maybe some fans, maybe you know, my age, would be like, "Oh shit, Goldberg's coming back!" and and the new generation of fans will be like, "Who the fuck is Goldberg? Or why is he coming back?" But I think I think this is the match that you can do one off. But I'm not too sure if you can pull off a Goldberg run in 2016.
0: Nah, the guy's not coming back for a full run. He said that before that. If he's going, if he's coming back to the company at all, it's for a one off payoff for just a payday. Um, the guy just wants to have his kids see him wrestle one last time. He hasn't wrestled a match in, I think, over a decade, maybe. I was actually at the show where he hit his first spear on Luke Gallows of all people, believe it or not, um, about a year ago at the uh, MetLife Met Stadium, or no, City Field in, in New York, actually, about a year and a half ago. And he looked great. So the guy's 49 right now. Um, I mean, again, he's, he can't work a full-on match. I would not be surprised if someone got injured in that match. I mean, Orton got busted open, but that was supposed to be... That was planned, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, there's really no money in a Goldberg run. I mean, like I said, if they wanted to have him do a couple big matches, like with Undertaker or something, or John Cena, but even those matches don't really interest me as much in 2016. The Lesnar thing makes sense because they have the history. Goldberg beat him. Lesnar wants his win back. they got the 2K17 thing going on right now. It makes perfect sense. But beyond that, there's really no interest from my end in seeing a full-on run with this guy for a full-on year or whatever the hell it would be.
1: So not even him going after Roman Reigns and for the U.S. title, that wouldn't compel you to watch?
0: Again, it's not, I mean, it'd be, it's not the worst idea. I won't say what the the people that tweeted you were saying that it's an awful idea, but I just don't think he would. I just don't think, I don't think it's possible. I just think he wants that one-off match. And he doesn't want to face anyone that's not on his level. I mean, I hate to say that, but that's Uh basically what he sounds like in every single interview he does, that he doesn't want to face anyone that's not going to give him a money match. Roman Reigns and Goldberg is not a money match. It'd be a cool match. It's something new and fresh. And it makes sense with the U.S. title and the history he has for that championship from WCW. But I I don't think they'd book that. I don't think Goldberg would even want to do that. So I think they're just going to do one-off match, which probably is just the best thing for everybody. Oh, cool, we saw Goldberg. Got the you know lost to Lesnar whatever it is he can move on and get inducted into the Hall of Fame next year. That's that's the way that I want to see it and the way that it hopefully goes down.
1: Goldberg Goldberg is going to want to come back and fight Reigns because he feels Reigns took his spear.
0: <laughs> and Goldberg's spear is done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, TNA I, I rarely to never talk about TNA on the show, um, but the quite possibility of the WWE buying the TNA library and TNA selling to uh to Billy Corgan and Billy Corgan taking the company and changing the you know the name and rebranding it and um that's what surfaced today on social media so um that's the other big story going going on one again this is all rumored, there's nothing in stone right now but it's leaning that way a lot of people are saying it's done or it's near done. Um, if the library goes to McMahon and Billy Corgan takes the company and rebrands it, are you in favor of that?
0: Absolutely. I love what I've been seeing today. If it happens this way, because I feel like I've been reading the same rumors for like a week or two now, like a week or two, in the fact that the library was being bought out by WWE, they were in discussions, Again, another report came out today about that, but it's the same thing I've been reading for days. I was really excited when I saw it because it feels like more credible sources are reporting it now. But I will believe it when I see it. When we see an official announcement that the library of TNA has been bought out by the WWE, that's officially when I'll be super excited about it. But I like that idea a lot. I don't like the idea of WWE buying TNA itself just because you know they're not going to keep their promotion alive. They might buy... A few people's contracts, not everybody's. They're not going to take the whole roster. They don't need the whole roster. So that would be really a waste. They would not keep TNA afloat for, what, a network show? They already have an next date. And TNA would bring in no income. It would, it would be a reverse, act backwards decision business-wise. They're not going to do that. So the best thing they could do is buy the library for the WWE Network. Definitely boost subscriptions for those TNA fans and people like me that would really love to see the old TNA footage and Matches of AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, Austin, Aries, Sting, what goes on and on, uh, Samoa Joe, all those guys. But, yeah, so I think it's a great idea. Not only that, but also what you mentioned, too, Billy Corgan becoming the full-on owner of TNA. That company desperately needs a rebranding, desperately needs a rebranding right now. I mean, the whole product on TV-wise, from an on-air standpoint, has been really good this year. But the TNA stench is alive and well with those three goddamn initials, TNA. No one is ever going to take them seriously if their company is called TNA. Uh, They can call it Impact Wrestling. That's cool, too. But I think it'd be best if they just destroyed the shit and built it from the ground up again as some other company. Because TNA has a long stigma of just failure, a stench of failure. And they really need not to go out of business, but just need to start over under the ownership of Billy Corgan, who has a clue what he's doing, a lot more so than the fucking uh, Dixie Carter, who's a clown. So she should just sell to uh, Billy Corgan, sell the library to WWE, and she's making a huge payday. So everybody wins.
1: Um, To me, I'm just hoping... I'm not sitting here like I watch TNA all the time. or I I really don't. Um, Here and there, but I'm not really an aficionado of TNA. But to me... I hope that in this, if Billy Corgan does purchase the company and he has to rebrand it and start from scratch, um, to me, I really hope that 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 includes them getting out of Orlando and maybe not saying go into a 15,000, 20,000-seated arena and, and selling it out, but go somewhere outside of um, that spot because everything is there, all the, all the tapings, all the impact stuff, all the pay-per-views mm-hmm. are in that 500-seated whatever you want to call the studio and it's like if you really want to make a bang and, and be, be uh, brand new have an impact no pun intended you got to get out of that spot in orlando and my, my hope is that that includes um you know not not giving a name like you know the traditional three letters like wwf or e or d ECW, whatever, like Lucha Underground is, is is a cool name. Ring of Honor is a cool name. So they if they come up with something like that, I think it'll be totally different than and getting away from TNA um, uh, with the whole three letters and stuff like that. So Billy Corgan does have a lot of work to do. Uh, He does have the talent. It's just that talent has to be portrayed better on TV. And getting out of Orlando, to me, has to be the number one thing he has to do.
0: One of the coolest things they ever did was getting out of Orlando about three, four years ago, and they started going on the road pretty much every week. Right. But the bad part about it was that they started doing it when they lost money. And because of that, they lost even more money. The company was already on the, on the down spiral, even at that point, back in 2013. So when going on the road every week and not making that money back from house shows and income and merchandise and all that other shit, they lost money on it. And they had to go crawling back to the impact zone. And the impact zone is god-awful, like you said. It's another one of those things, like I said, that's all a part of the TNA stench, that it just reminds you of failure. And the crowds, I hope cell does not become, it already kind of is, getting to that point of where, like, you see the crowd that you've been seeing for the same fucking, in TNA's case, the past decade and a half. And it's like, oh, my God, I see the same fans now that I did five years ago sitting in the same seats in that arena, and they're almost always dead. The impact crowds are awful. So they have got to get out of there. I don't know where they'll go. They can tape out of the same place every week. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. A change in scenery is just desperately what they need. They don't need to go on the road every week because, like I said, that costs money. Mm-hmm. Lucha Underground has recorded out of the same place for two years now, and they're great because they have a lively audience, a fan, you know, fans who care. People are not coming off the Superman ride wearing their fucking Spider-Man hats, not knowing what a goddamn wrestling hold is showing up at these shows, expecting to see wrestling for free, mind you, too. They're not making money off these people, I assume. So they just need to go somewhere, record out of, I don't know, anywhere but Orlando, like you said. I don't care if they record out of some studio in Nashville or else. It just cannot be in Orlando anymore, just because that, that, that whole building is cursed with bad luck of TNA for the past 15 years.
1: And they have to go to a four-sided ring.
0: Yeah, I think that the six-sided ring, it was cool at first. But at this point, it's like, eh, it just, it's not. Yeah, no one's going to rid it it seriously. It. it really serves no purpose, honestly. People yeah, get yeah. hurt in that thing. AJ Styles said himself that I think people are it, – it's more prone to injury to wrestling inside a six-sided ring over a four-sided ring. So, I mean, it was cool at first, and they brought it back two years ago. It's like, oh, after Hulk Hogan did away with it. That was one of the better things they did. I know it was a part of the TNA identity – but it was one of those things that just made no sense. It's just being different for the sake of being different. And it really didn't help the company at all. It didn't make, they're not going to increase their fan base over a fucking six-sided ring. So, yes, when, I'm sure Billy Corgan, that'll be one of the first things he changes if he takes control, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do admire them for for trying and doing things different than your th- traditional um, wrestling world. But at some point, it's like, all right, yeah, yeah, are going a little too overboard. Six out of rings, and I think this past weekend was Bound for Glory, and they did a a five round match with uh, Sandow, whatever his name is now, and Rex, and they had judges, and I'm like, okay, that's you know, you put a boxing, uh, MMA kind of spin onto it, that's cool, but I I admire that, but it's just like trying to follow up with that and everything. The hardest we're doing, and I was like, "Yo, what, what the fuck is going on?" And and it's like, but at one point, I, I you know, on the flip side, wow, this is cool, this is new, this is different. They're fighting on the highway, and then you on the flip side, it's like, uh what is going on? Like they can easily lose a fan like right away, and and it just, hey man, if they if they sell it, uh. All power to Billy Corgan to really reshaping that company. Um I'm sure McMahon will be happy to have that video library because a lot of guys they have now are from TNA and it can really push the, the whole network thing and do a DVD documentary with Styles and, and, and uh and Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe Sting. Um there's uh, Ric Flair. Um so you know, we'll we'll see about that. Um let me see what else we got here new uh new raw women's champion um Sasha Banks she defeated Charlotte on Monday night. Um pretty pretty good match and it was the main event. So I think that's the most important thing I should say. It was the main event of Raw and I think that was the first time since Lita and Trish Stratus uh did that back in 05 if my memory serves me correct. Uh in LA, Sasha Banks Charlotte main event women's championship. Sasha goes over. One, were you surprised that uh, that that Sasha went over, and were you surprised that they finally made that decision to put this as the main event?
0: Um, not really surprised by either, but in a good way, just because I figured the fact they advertised the match a week out probably meant that they were going to try something new and put them in the main event. I mean, the feud deserved it. It's not like it's Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax or a tag team match with the women. It was a meaningful match where the title was on the line. They advertised it a week out. They didn't advertise any for Kevin Owens a week out or Roman Reigns a week out. So that alone kind of told me and people were buzzing all week going into raw that, you know what? They should probably main event and they have to, if they don't, what a joke. because I mean, the ratings are in the toilet right now. Why not try something new? It really honestly does not matter what the main event is. People are going to tune out and go watch football anyway. So why would it matter? Now is as good of a time as any. The feud has finally hit its climax. See, whether it be this week or in Hell in a Cell, whatever it might be. Um, I was hoping they would save the title change for Hell in a Cell just because it's in Boston, Banks' is hometown, but inside Hell in a Cell, that is. But um, I can't fault them for wanting to create a memorable moment, a monumental moment in the main event of Raw for the first time in at least over a decade, like you said. So it was a great match, great moment, rough move. Not really surprised Banks won. A lot, like I said before, just, even when she won it the first time, I wasn't shocked. Just because, okay, this is the first Raw of this quote-unquote new era. They want to ring it in with a major bang. Instead of saving it for SummerSlam, they'll do it tonight. So they did it then. Same thing with this show. Okay, the main event for the first time, then instead of saving it for the pay-per-view, instead of saving it for Banks' hometown of Hell in the Cell, they'll do it tonight to create a moment. And they did, so I can't really fault them for that. But the match itself was good. Um, they definitely deserve that honor. And I'm glad they didn't do it just to do it. Like I said, it's not like they put the, the women in the main event like a 20 Diva, Battle Royal, or whatever they've done in the past. It was a meaningful, mean event that people will be talking about for years on end. They deserved it. Great moment. Great match. And like I said, hopefully it leads to a Hell in a Cell women's match. The first ever in company history in Boston at the pay-per-view.
1: I think two ways people you know have been looking at it where, you know, yeah, Sasha won the bell, but she always wins it on Raw. How come she can't get it at a pay-per-view? And um, Charlotte has been undefeated in the past 11, 12 pay-per-views. And I don't know if they were trying to protect that. Uh, I would, I would have loved it to have Sasha win the belt on a pay-per-view, um, in my own opinion. But, you know, f- how fans get, um, were you, are, are you a fan that says, uh, oh, come on, man. Sasha should have won that at a pay-per-view or good if she won it. Or are you in that mystique lane where Charlotte, did they trying to protect Charlotte's, uh, record of being undefeated at a pay-per-view, I think, going back to Night of Champions of 2015.
0: I don't know if that was the intent to have to, to protect that streak and the fact that she's been undefeated on pay-per-view. She's also won matches, even before that. She, I don't think she has ever lost a match on well, she lost to Italia a couple months ago, but that was like by, via DQ or something. But she's never been pinned on pay-per-view. Mm. Um, even like when she first arrived, she won a Battleground. Then she won the multi-women match at SummerSlam. That year. So she's never been pinned at a pay-per-view, which is amazing. And I hope, because she is owed a rematch, so they could still do the match at Hell in a Cell, which would be awesome. I was saying they should have the women main event at the pay-per-view, and they still can. But I guess they wanted to kind of have the main event raw first, you know, baby steps, have the main event raw before pay-per-view, which you know is going to happen eventually whether it be at the pay-per-view or another B-level it's going to happen eventually. Maybe not in WrestleMania, but at least one of the B-level pay-per-views pretty soon. That said, um, I agree. I mean, I would have done it on a pay-per-view just because, I mean, it wasn't a bad decision, not just because it's any other pay-per-view. I wanted it to happen to hell in a cell just because it's in Boston, and the crowd would have gone nuts. Like, I'll be there. Not because, not selfishly speaking, I wanted to see it in person, but, I mean, that too, I guess. But, I mean, it would have made him a, a better moment, or at least as good of a moment, as in the main event of Raw, it's in her hometown. She scratched, you know, uh, scratched and clawed her way back in the title contention. It would have made the most sense. To me. They could still do that. Like I said, it's the same thing with SummerSlam, where she won the belt before SummerSlam, and people were still excited for the SummerSlam match. But people were hoping that she would be winning the belt at SummerSlam, not defending it. She lost it there anyways. The whole story with this feud is, I'm sure, not going the way that WWE wanted it to. But they made the most of the plans that they changed. And it's still made for a great moment on Raw anyway. So I can't complain.
1: I know me and you had a conversation about the whole women's division. Maybe around around WrestleMania time. And I kind of brought up saying, like, we brought up the fact that, you know, when are the women going to main event a Raw or main event a pay-per-view? I'm not saying a, a WrestleMania, Survivor, Royal Rumble, but just main event a pay-per-view. And... When, when are they when are they gonna have a females you know one on one ladder match? When are they gonna have a female uh, a, a women's um, Money in the Bank ladder match? One thing that we did not mention was a a, a, a Hell in a Cell match, and that's the other rumor going around now is, is that Sasha Banks would give the rematch to Charlotte at Hell in a Cell in Hell in a Cell, where it, it, it will become the first ever women's Hell in a Cell match. Um, if that is announced, are you going to be like, oh, shit, like, oh, wow, this this can get crazy? Or in the back of your mind, like, man, it sounds good on paper, but I really hope they don't go overboard and try to do too much because somebody might get hurt.
0: Bulls. I really want to see the match because think it could be a great match. But knowing these two, they might go too far. Banks might want to do something off the top of the cell, which you know they would not allow, or at least should not allow. Oh, right. Charlotte's, the twisting moonsault, the corkscrew moonsault she did on Raw was amazing. That I'm fine with. Cause that's, I mean, that could easily get botched. But any, any move can be botched, and that's not really a reason to not do it. And she has never botched it in the past, and she's been fine, so that's okay. But when Sasha Banks does the cross body through the ropes, uh, the tope suicide or whatever, and she always lands on her neck, that is what I would kind of stray away from her doing inside the cell. If she did that spot and Charlotte moved and she ran into the cell, I don't know. Not to say that she would get hurt a lot more easily than the guys would. I'm not exactly sure if that'd be the case. I just don't really want them to go overboard. I still think they can have a memorable, safe, nice match. Not to say they should be busting each other open and making them sh- making themselves bleed. That's not really necessary. But I, I still think they can have a nice and memorable, special hell-in-the-cell women's match without going balls-to-the-wall crazy because it's not necessary. And they've already done matches like that before where Sasha Banks has, has already shortened her career by several years right, with all the risks that she's taken in recent months in these matches against Charlotte. So, yeah, I, I would still do the match, but... If I were WWE, i try to make it. Not that they shouldn't use the cell, but don't allow them to go on top or anything like that just because it's not really necessary and someone's really at a risk of getting
1: seriously injured. Do you feel like the, the aura or the legacy of a Hell in a Cell match has dwindled the past couple of years where a lot of matches recently that have been in the Hell in a Cell have not really been like... Or should not have been the payoff match that should culminate at a Hell in a Cell. Like we can go back to Sean and Taker and Mankind and and Undertaker, Triple H and Mick Foley. We can go on and on. Brock and and um, and Taker. Where like wow, like the feud was so crazy, so hostile that you had no choice but to end it in a Hell in a Cell. Now it it does have, <clears throat> excuse me, it does have its um its own pay per view. You're probably going to get three Hell in a Cell matches in one night. You got Rusev and Reigns, maybe Sasha and Charlotte, and maybe Kevin Owens and, and, and Seth Rollins, maybe. Um, do you feel like they're diminishing the legacy of the match and it, it should really just be one, uh, once in a blue type of match to really end off a crazy, hostile uh, feud? Yeah, it
0: should only be brought back when it's necessary. I Heated it for years. I've been of the mindset for at least three or four years now, if not even before that, that I just hate the idea of, oh, it's October, let's do a hell in the cell match. I mean, in recent years, it really hasn't been that big of an issue. Like with Brock Lesnar and uh, Taker, the most recent one, I know the first one was amazing, but this most recent one, that was worthy of the cell because the feud had been going on for almost a year and a half at that point since WrestleMania 30. That made sense. When they did Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins inside the cell in the main event of the 2014 pay-per-view, that made sense because that feud had lasted several months, many months. Before that, when we had fucking CM Punk versus Ryback inside the cell, when we had Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton inside the cell, when we had, I don't know, a Taker and Punk, which did not end the feud, or Cena and Orton back in 09, which did not end the feud, I can go on and on. Every single, almost every Hell in a Cell match that we've gotten at this pay-per-view, since it became a pay-per-view seven years ago, I couldn't even tell you what they were because they're so forgettable and they never really served as the culmination of these epic feuds um, as they did with, you know, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, or Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, as you mentioned, or Triple H and Batista. Like, that's when they still meant something. I mean, people still pop for the Hell in a Cell announcement, but not as much as they did... Years ago, I just hate the idea of having it have it be its own pay per view. Having two on the same show is so excessive. One year they had three, and I hope it's not three this year with it being a raw pay per view. I hope they only keep it at two, one hopefully, but it'll probably be two, like you said, because we already have Reigns and Rusev. Maybe the women too. That's okay, but I just don't. Even even more so, I just don't like gimmick pay per views. With the fun, not just gimmick pay per views, but help Cell shows, TLC. You know, extreme rules to a lesser extent. It's, we just don't need these shows. Even Money in the Bank is always a great show, but they could scrap that and put the match back at WrestleMania. Because I, I remember when they did it for the first time, they did these pay-per-views. It was because the, the, the pay-per-view buy rates were going down the fucking toilet. And they said, Why, what, what's a better idea to scrap Armageddon with? Oh, uh, let's do a TLC pay-per-view. But that didn't make a lick of a difference. So then the buy rates went down. So people aren't watching these shows to the TLC matches anymore because they're not much of a draw anymore as a pay-per-view. So yes, I agree, Hell in Cell, TLC, blah, 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 should all be given, you know, not their own pay-per-view, but just be brought back when necessary to culminate a ruthless rivalry and not just because it's October, let's do a match, or December, let's do a TLC match, because at that point it just means nothing.
1: And yeah, today is the the 19th, let me get it right, the 19th anniversary of the first Hell in Cell match. Uh, Today is October 5th, so Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, First ever Hell in a Cell at at In Your House 19 years uh, years ago today. And now you fast forward 19 years and it's like, all right, these two guys are going Hell in a Cell. Like for the U.S. title. It it just, again, not to really be like, you know, the old guy thinking, you know, nostalgic and trying to recreate what was back then. But, you know, the essence, the value of the Hell in a Cell match has not been the same. You know, over the past five, ten years, like, you know, in WCW they weren't doing war games every every freaking month. You know, they have a war games, uh, one match or two, and that was it. And now it's like you have your Hell in the Cells, you have your Elimination Chambers, and your TLCs, and your Money in the Banks, and gimmick matches that are now the whole pay per view. And it's like, all right, I, I don't mind seeing one TLC match that really deserves it, but. If you try to give me a pay-per-view with a chairs match, a, a ladder match, or a table match, and a TLC match, and a stretcher match, all in one, it's like, all right, man, y- y- y'all really going too, too overboard. And I think Hell in a Cell should just be the match and not the entire pay-per-view. But will they change it? Um, it's been going on for nine years, I mean seven years, so um, I highly doubt they'll change it very soon.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, with the new change in pay-per-views, they're already bringing back backlash. No mercy. And that's just because they need more pay-per-views for the Raw and SmackDown brand splits. They said, let's bring back some old ones before we create new ones. And I get that. Right. So, I mean, they don't need to get rid of the. I mean, they do need to get rid of the show. But they can just re- easily replace it with, I don't know, just come up with something. It doesn't need to be a gimmick pay-per-view. You, you can have pay-per-views that don't have gimmicks on them. No mercy, or backlash, rather. We'll talk about No Mercy in a couple minutes. But backlash last month for SmackDown didn't have a gimmick. It wasn't an all champion. I mean, it was an all championship show, but that wasn't the gimmick of the show like it was for Raw, you know, a couple of weeks ago. It was just a standard pay per view, and wouldn't you know, it was a great fucking show. And I'm sure No Mercy on Sunday will be no different. There's no Hell in the Cell matches. There's no ladder matches. There's no TLC matches. It's just a standard show. You don't need a gimmick pay per view to get people excited about a pay-per-view in you know, 2016. People will be excited for a show if it has a good card. You shouldn't overly rely on gimmick matches. Because like you said, 19 years ago today, that Hell in a Cell match, was probably one of the most anticipated matchups of all time. Also marking the debut of Kane. Which one of the, as you said on Twitter today, Rainey, I know it's a bit of a side note, but I definitely agree, probably the greatest debut in WWE history, hands down. But in terms of the match itself, it really does not have the same aura that it did even 10 years ago. And they can easily just as well get that back by getting rid of it. Maybe not anytime soon, um, but I think if they start to realize that, okay, these shows don't really have much of a difference subscription-wise, buy-rate-wise, whatever, as a fucking backlash or no mercy, then they might scrap it. So hopefully the, the, the addition of backlash and no mercy shows like that will show Vince and the officials that Hell in the Cell, TLC, the, the gimmick pay-per-views don't really serve a purpose. And they'll scrap them and bring back Armageddon or Cyber Sunday, Taboo Tuesday, whatever in their place.
1: We're chatting with Graham Matthews, featured columnist for Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. Um, I'm not going to go too much into SmackDown because No Mercy would kind of, you know, take up all the time with the predictions. Um, from Raw, uh not really much. I mean, I, I like the whole you know Kevin Owens Y2J interaction with the New Day. I, th- I thought I thought that was funny. Um, again, New Day is still your tag team champions. I, I I am convinced that they will be the tag team champions for like forever because if, if they can beat Jericho and Kevin Owens and the you know every single tag team that's put in front of them. And it's like, all right, new day. You, you're the tag team champions, like forever. No one's, no one's gonna beat you. But I, again, going back to that whole um, that record of demolition, I think they're really on pace to, to really break that. And it, I think, it, uh, what pay per view is that? I think Roadblock might be for them or, or TOC. I think Roadblock would be the pay per view around that time in in December for Raw, where they can finally drop those belts, whether it's KO with Y2J or Sheamus and Cesaro. I have no idea, but I like the whole segment with New Day and Jared KO. Um, we saw Seth, I guess, bettering his heel, uh, his, his face turn, going after Stephanie McMahon. Um, am I missing anything else from Raw? I know the cruiserweight uh, battle happened with Kendrick and and T.J. Perkins. Kendrick had the victory, and obviously is going to set up a third match. With them for the Cruiserweight title. Anything else I'm missing from Raw?
0: Yeah, I think that's it. I think you hit upon most of the highlights. It was a decent show compared to other recent episodes. So I enjoyed it on the whole. Not a home run of a show. But um, yeah, I think you hit upon all the good stuff from the show on Monday.
1: Uh, quick comment from Sean, at Sean Neutron. Uh, st- st- uh, sticking with Raw. Sami Zayn will be a better fit on SmackDown Live. And he feels the cruiserweights are too contained on Monday Night Raw. Your thoughts about that?
0: The cruiserweights?
1: Yeah, he said, well, Sami Zayn should be. Sami Zayn will be a better fit on SmackDown, and the cruiserweights he feels are too contained, quote unquote, contained on Raw.
0: Oh, okay. So, uh, I mean, I can see why they put them on Raw because. I mean, this has been an idea for years that they've thrown around just because they need more people on Raw to kind of fill those three hours. I like the division on Raw. I can see what people would want them on SmackDown, but SmackDown's fine. People are praising SmackDown. Raw needs all the help it can get. So I think they're just fine on Raw. Sami Zayn, though, I would agree, should go to SmackDown um, just because it seems like there's really not anyone on SmackDown other than maybe Apollo Crews that they're not doing anything with. Even Baron Corbin has something of note right now with Jack Swagger, of all people. Jack Swagger. As a one-on-one pay-per-view match on Sunday. Sami Zayn was not even on Raw last week. He was on Raw on Monday, but he faced fucking Jinder Mahal, or he faced somebody, and
1: he... And Titus. He, Titus, Titus O'Neil.
0: Titus O'Neil, that's who it was. Um, so he has no direction on Raw. It would. I would rather just see him on SmackDown. At least Zotto, another guy who should be on SmackDown, has something going on for him right now with Sheamus. Sami Zayn should be on SmackDown, absolutely. They should do a trade, and maybe not Ziggler, but... Um, I don't know, maybe Cruz maybe going to Raw would be even worse than where he is right now. But, yeah, regardless, Zane should have been on SmackDown from the get-go, really. Even a split of him and Owens.
1: At Scarlet One, do the Cruiserweight matches on Raw stand out enough amongst the rest of modern WWE matches?
0: Mm, a little bit. I mean, they will. I just think for right now, it's just that we don't really know much about the characters, so it's not really making the impact that it should. I mean, people are sitting on their hands, or they're chanting for CM Punk, which was so stupid. Those are just people, brain-dead people, chanting crap like that last week. But I think, other than that, I think it's just the fact that we don't really know much about the competitors, like a Tony Nese or a uh, Lince Dorado. Like, why should I cheer for them if I haven't seen them before? I mean, I'm talking with the people that do not watch the CWC. So I think once we get over that hump and we start to care about the people that are in the Cruiserweight division, it will stand out more on Raw than it is currently.
1: At Jordan Boon, is it time for Dean Ambrose to turn heel?
0: Yes, and he definitely will post No Mercy, I'm sure. Maybe not the week after No Mercy, maybe not even at No Mercy itself. But I can almost guarantee they're turning him heel just to feed John Cena, which is the absolute right move.
1: Okay, uh, let me see. At I underscore Mustafa thirty four. Do you think they'll bring the shows back together eventually? To me, I feel like the feuds will only get repetitive.
0: The feuds would get repetitive on the brands. He's talking
1: about yeah, saying that. Do you think Raw and SmackDown will, will once again just be you know all the talent on one show as opposed to separate brands? Because he feel like the feuds will just be repetitive on the rosters.
0: Oh, okay. Um. I'm sure down the road, I mean, I'm sure they will down the road, they'll scrap it again, but not anytime soon. The first brand split lasted eight, nine years. I mean, that was, I mean, it was pretty much meaningless by the end, but it did officially last a while. And the brand split, I mean, maybe I'm in the minority here, it's just so infinitely better. And I know it might create for repetitive feuds, but you wouldn't have that same issue if we had all one show anyway. You can have the same faces on top. AJ Styles would not be the world champion right now. Kevin Owens would not be the world champion right now. If, you know, if we had one show, if we had one brand, that would be just not possible. So people are getting more of a chance. They're getting more storylines. Smackdown feels more relevant than ever. So, I mean, I'm sure it's going to happen at some point, hopefully way, 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 way down the line. But I think the brand split is just so much more beneficial in creating fresh stars as, opposing, as opposed to having one super show and having the same three faces on top for five to six years
1: one last question before we get to no mercy um at Sean Neutron it's it's not a question but more like a statement he wants you to touch on Dolph Ziggler's inability inability to cut an impassioned shoot promo his inability is that what he said? Dolph's inability to cut an impassioned or I guess a very passionate shoot promo
0: Well, I mean, he tries. I think Ziggler's promos are really good. My problem with his promos have always been that he cuts great promos, and the delivery is really good. Mm -hmm. But he never wins when it matters most. Like he says, I need to win, blah, blah, blah. He cut the same promos before SummerSlam. We talked about that for weeks on end. And the guy fucking lost because he's a loser. And storyline, he never wins when it matters most. So why should I get behind his promos? Other than that, I mean, he cuts a really good, passionate promo like we saw last week. I like him when he's angry as opposed to when he's on the verge of crying like we saw last week. But his promos are always really good. It's just the fact that they never really mean anything because he always loses. So if he loses again at no mercy, then uh, that pretty much solidifies my fact. It pretty much proves my point.
1: And again, Raw, uh, SmackDown looks more superior than Raw again for this week. I know the ratings don't reflect that. But to me, overall, top to bottom show, layout, storylines, I liked how the Miz did the the whole documentary for Dolph Ziggler. I thought I, th- I thought that was hilarious. Part of the best thing, best thing I seen on, on either Raw or SmackDown. Um, both guys are doing great on the microphone, and I'm pretty sure they have a great match on Sunday. Uh, I like the interaction between AJ, John Cena, and Dean Ambrose at the end of uh, of SmackDown. Uh, everybody got their own little hidden, so everybody's just trying to you know one up each other. And Dean Ambrose was the left, was the one left standing at the end, and we'll see who wins that match. I'm trying to see what else will happen on SmackDown. Um, you know, furthering the whole women's division with Becky and and um, uh, and Bliss, and also Nikki and Carmella, uh, and and also the, the the whole Randy Orton Bray Wyatt stuff. I know a lot of people are saying they don't really like what's going on, but some of them are like kind of intrigued They feel like it's a little I wouldn't say out the box creative but at least Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt are doing something to add a different element to their feud what do you think of all these backstage you know hide and go seek uh, stuff that Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton have been doing for the last three weeks
0: they've been decent I mean like I said last week yeah. I'll just re- kind of echo my same thoughts from last week and that I'm just waiting for the match at this point they've been feuding for almost two months And I'm waiting to see if the match is any good. If the match sucks, and the feud has been a bust. If Orton wins, clean, that's it. The feud has been a bust. I mean, other than to get him in the title picture, which they could do anyway, it's got to benefit Bray Wyatt somehow. I saw something on the website that said maybe they're teasing, you know, the arrival of Sister Abigail. I didn't really get that from the segment last night, so I don't know where that came from or if that's the direction they're going in. Because if so, I'm confused as to where that was really teased. But um, I don't know. So, I mean, so far the segments have been all right. They haven't been as corny or as bad as we've seen in the past, or as I thought they would be. They've been decent, but I'm just kind of waiting to see how the match is on Sunday.
1: All right, Graham, no mercy this Sunday. Uh, SmackDown's second pay-per-view with the old brand split. Here we go. Barry Corbin. Oh, let me rewind. The highly anticipated. Baron Corbin, Jack Swagger, throwdown. (laughs) Uh, Who do you have going over in this match?
0: It's got to be Corbin. Swagger won via controversial fashion with a really fluky finish on Tuesday last night. So, uh, Corbin's got to win the rematch. He's got to win on Sunday.
1: All right, Baron Corbin for me as well. Um, Nikki Bella, Carmella, who do you got?
0: (sighs) I, I wouldn't be pissed. And I think Nikki Bella's winning, and I won't be mad about that, just because Carmella has gotten better of Nikki Bella at literally every single turn for the past two months. So Nikki can get a win every once in a while, I'm fine with that, so. It's been pretty dominant in favor of Carmella. If she wins, great. I don't think she is, I think Nikki goes over.
1: Um, Yeah, I think the last couple of weeks, Carmella has been dominating um, this feud with Nikki Bella, and I think to pay off time for Not saying she needs it, but I think if you want to pay her off for jobbing or whatever, the last couple of weeks, um, Sunday could be the time. So I, I would say Nikki Bella in that match as well. Um, Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I got Becky Lynch retaining. Who do you got?
0: Yes, yeah, Sam, I got Becky retaining. It's far too early in her reign to be dropping the belt. I mean, I would be very happy for Alexa if she won, but I think Becky... After getting the same exact thing as with the previous feud, that with Alexa Bliss getting the better of Becky at pretty much every turn for the past month, that pretty much means that Becky's winning, and she should. So I got back to retaining on Sunday.
1: Now with, with, the, with the women's matches, do you think we get both matches clean finishes, or do we, we get like some sort of bullshit going on where we get a DQ or just you know trying to continue the storyline?
0: Maybe not more so the title match. I could see Nikki and Carmella ending in a double DQ or a count out. Maybe not a count out, but the feud has been so ruthless, I guess, or so heated, I think is the right word to use for this feud, that I think they even teased, like Nikki Bella teased herself on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that they, she wanted a no DQ match at No Mercy. Obviously, it's a standard singles match because it's their first match. So I want it to be a standard singles match, but I'm sure it might end not that I'm sure, but I could very well see the match ending in a double DQ or a DQ or whatever. It kind of build towards that no holds barred women's match at some point down the line.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll just put Nikki and Carmella in a freaking Hell in a Cell match.
0: <laughs> yes, we can do
1: that too, I guess. <laughs> um, hmm, Usos, uh, Heath, Slater, and Rhino for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Do we see the reign of Slater and Rhino? Ending or do we see more of Slater and Rhino as tag team champions?
0: This one I could also see going either way, just because the Usos have been freaking killing it since going heel about a month ago. So I'd be fine if they won Slater and Rhino. They got their big win. Um, I think there are more feuds to be had with the Uso or to be had with Slater and Rhino as champions. And the Usos they always see the American Alpha, just it doesn't have to be over the titles. So I got so I could see Uso's winning, but I'll go with Slater and uh, Slater and Rhino winning on Sunday, and then American Alpha maybe costing them the match and setting up American Alpha and Uso's for down the line. It doesn't have to be championship uh, for the championships,
1: though. I will go with Slater and Rhino as well. I, I'm not sitting here just agreeing with you. I just feel like every every match that we that we're talking about is just you can kind of see what direction they're gonna go. Maybe a few little. We don't know, like Miz and Dolph Ziggler, Intercontinental Championship versus career match. Uh, This can be 50-50. We really have no idea what's going to happen. We can try to read the rumors until Sunday of what's going to happen with Dolph. Is he going to stay? Is he going to use his real freaking name or whatever? Miz and Dolph Ziggler, Intercontinental Championship, career match. Does the Miz continue? his reign of 150-whatever-plus days, or do we see the end of Dolph Ziggler in the company?
0: I really, really want to see Miz retain. I just don't think he is. I've seen so many reports that have almost convinced me that Ziggler's on his way out or transitioning to a backstage role or whatever else, but I don't know. I'm just not buying it. So I think Ziggler wins here. Um, I really want Miz to win, but either way, I think it can go either way. But either way, I am very much looking forward to this match. I
1: want Miz, but I, I just... Maybe it's just one of those, like, like really? Are they going to have a career match and really go through with it? Like, I, I know we saw it with, um, you know, Sean and Taker at WrestleMania. And uh, me being a big HBK fan, I'm like, nah, Sean... Shawn, okay, Sean's going to win now. There's no way he's going to retire. And then, boom, he loses. And... He really kept his word about he wasn't you know he was done like Ric Flair had a career match at WrestleMania 24 he was at freaking TNA the following week or whatever it's like some some people just don't don't uh, yeah. follow up with the storyline and if you're gonna have, if you're gonna put a career match on the line you gotta follow that storyline so that's why part of me is like I think Dolph is gonna win but part of me wants to see the Miz retain, you know, continued his, his uh, Intercontinental Championship run, maybe break Honky Tonks record. I know we keep talking about that, but it just, you know, what do you do with the Miz if he loses? And, you know, are, are you going to do an, a, a, a fucking rematch again? Like, I don't want to see Dolph and Miz go at it again for like the third, fourth time, which part of me feels like the Miz is going to win. But I want the Miz, but I think Dolph is going to win, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I also want Miz to win. I think Ziggler's got the victory, unfortunately. But uh, I don't know. I, like you said, I feel like Ziggler's going to win. They could always have him drop the belt right back to Miz, which to me would make no sense, because and then not retire. I don't know. It just That would be so stupid, which is why I get to them doing it. But I really hope Miz wins, because if he doesn't, they're not going to move him up to main event. Because AJ, I have him going over in the main event. I know we're going to get to that in a second, but mm. I have him winning in the main event. So he's not going to go up there. We've already seen Miz and seen him a million times. So I don't need to see that. Um, I would just keep the belt on. That's really the only option right now. So yeah, I would. I have Miz retained, but I have some weird feeling Ziggler's going to win. So I'd rather be. I mean, I'd rather be wrong than you know to see Ziggler win. So I got Miz. I want to see Miz retain, but I think Ziggler loses. I think Ziggler wins the belt on Sunday. So.
1: And if Ziggler, if Dolph wins, then he can defend the Intercontinental Championship against a guy like Bray Wyatt, who I feel like is going to beat Randy Orton on Sunday because if he doesn't, then I have no idea what they're going to do there. I got Bray beating Randy Orton. Who do you got?
0: That's the thing. With this match, it's another match that could go either way, but this is a match where it needs to go in the favor of Bray Wyatt. This guy, this fucking guy, just lost (laughs) a cane at Backlash. And then lost again to him last night. He lost mm. again this week to Kane. It
1: was a count-out. It, was out. it was a count-out.
0: Not a count. He wasn't pinned. But it's like, <laughs> oh, fucking Lord, man. It's like, oh, my God. If you lose again on Sunday, I told you last week, and I went on a huge rant then, the guy is a loser. He already is a loser. But he needs a win. I don't know how anyone can take Bray Wyatt seriously at this point. I laughed at what you said earlier with that when the tweet came in that he should be facing Brock Lesnar. At this point, after losing to Kane, are you kidding me? Bray Wyatt it was a threat to anybody so no I, I, I think he should win I think he will win if Orton wins whatever it's not that I don't like Orton it's just that I really need some Wyatt momentum here they can have Orton win another match but the first match has to go to Bray Wyatt so right. I'll, I'll go with Bray Wyatt I might sound like an idiot for saying that later but I think Bray Wyatt wins
1: we all hope so um, AJ Styles Dean Ambrose John Cena triple threat match WWE Championship match Hmm. I got AJ Styles winning. I just don't think... I think he's going to have the belt for quite a while. Maybe all the way to WrestleMania. That, that's my opinion. And then you'll probably get your John Cena, Dean Ambrose feud for for a little bit. And, um, yeah, man. AJ going over. Who do you got?
0: It's got to be AJ. I mean, I think Cena and Ambrose, like I just said earlier, are headed for running a collision course towards Survivor Series for a one-on-one feud. They don't need to go one-on-one um, for the championship. AJ, there's he just got his reign underway. No real reason to take the title off of him right now. And he can't go to WrestleMania as champion. And obviously it's way too early for Cena to be breaking the record or at least tying the record of Ric Flair. So, yeah, I got AJ winning.
1: Yeah, man, I I, I think John Cena, that storyline is it's so built in already that he doesn't need to don't do much. I know he'll do his shows and come back and still, he's, he wants to be a 16-time champion. He wants to eventually be a 17-time 17 17-time 17 world champion. I think the road could be, you know, I don't know if people would have the patience for it but AJ and John Cena at WrestleMania 33 for the title and Cena going over will be the, the primary obvious thing to do because it's the it's the biggest stage in sports entertainment, um, tying Ric Flair's record at WrestleMania in front of God knows how many people out there. He finally gets his his revenge on AJ Styles from SummerSlam. Um, it, it does help out AJ Styles from now all the way to March or April whenever you know WrestleMania is. So, and John doesn't need to be on the show or the main event every single time because he wasn't he wasn't even on the card of Backlash. And look how good that that. That event turned out so. Um, AJ, I got him winning on Sunday. It remains to be seen how Dean Ambrose plays out. What direction he is he gonna go in? Is it gonna be more heelish towards John Cena and towards every you know everybody else? Um, but yeah, man, I think AJ is, is in for a ride as champion for for a long ride. And if they happen to change the belt on Sunday, I don't know. I think that's full of shit. But I think A.J. goes over on Sunday.
0: He needs to. I mean, it's just obvious. Like you said, Cena does not need to be on these pay-per-views. I mean, he should be for right now. I mean, it makes sense to have him feud with Ambrose. But really, A.J.'s reign is just getting underway. And I think it's really telling that in the four weeks in the build to this feud, I think Ambrose has gotten the upper hand twice, and I think Cena's gotten the upper hand twice. So that pretty much means – and A.J. is not, which is, one, which is, trying to, what, is one, what I'm trying to say that he wins on Sunday, that it's a booking 101 kind of thing where they tease Cena and Ambrose winning, but in reality, Styles wins in the end by pinning Dean Ambrose or whatever after John Cena does all the work. So uh, then we can get Styles Wyatt, Styles Orton, Styles whoever. There's so many other options for Styles as opposed to Cena or Ambrose at this point in time. Ambrose was just not cutting it as world champion. Cena, it's way too early. You can wrap that feud up at, at WrestleMania, whatever. Like you said, get that win back over Styles down the line. Not need to be on Sunday, but yeah, AJ needs to win. Come no mercy,
1: definitely, man. I, I, I'm I'm pretty excited for No Mercy as I was for Backlash. I, I, we all can agree that it's gonna be better than Clash of Champions. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Clash. Oh my god. I mean, out of ten, I don't know what I don't know what to give it, but um, yeah, man, No Mercy. Looking forward to it. It got what we got. Seven seven matches. I know Backlash only had six, and they were done a half hour before they were supposed to finish. So they, you know, Eastern Time, they were done at 10.30. I'm like, holy shit, Backlash is over? And Clash of Champions had to go three and a half hours. They had to go over three hours. They finished at 11.05, 11.10. They they, They just had to go over that time. But Backlash finished crazy early, and I hope no mercy... Goes around that th- 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 you know that same time frame or doesn't drag it out. They did not drag out Backlash. And I, I like that part for SmackDown, and I think No Mercy could be as good as Backlash or just even better. But nothing else from SmackDown I missed right because I, I was more focused on No Mercy.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: that's it. All right, so uh, yeah, that was Raw. That was SmackDown. No Mercy. We, we we touch on Brock and Goldberg at Survivor Series. Maybe TNA being bought out in the library, going to WWE. Uh, Graham Matthews, always a pleasure having you on. We do this uh, this show every week. Again, you're on Twitter at Russell Rant, featured columnist for Bleacher Report. Um, anything else, man?
0: Nah, I think that's it. Like I said, just a really good time to be a wrestling fan right now with the whole WWE team, thing going on, Brock and Goldberg, No Mercy on Sunday, I'm sure next week. It's going to be even a more stacked show. So I'm looking forward to next Wednesday, Thursday, whenever we talk next, dissect all that stuff and see where we are a week from now. Because anything can change the world of wrestling in a matter matter of a minute. So I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, the next week brings us.
1: Yeah, man, and, and nothing represents the new era like bringing back Bill Goldberg.
0: <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna mark out like a shill anyway. Just that, that's kind oh of, yeah, yeah. yeah but, uh, now we'll see what happens. If they
1: you know, I don't wanna sound like a pet peaver, but if they bring if Goldberg does come back. I was not a fan of the theme music he had when he was here. If they use the WCW music, gotta, yeah. Oh my god. But 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 I can't be like that because when Stink came along, they fucking yep. changed it
0: exactly now they probably won't just because they're they're petty like that so just expect them to use the WWE music but it would be nice it would be a nice touch to use the WCW music though
1: yeah Goldberg tonight ESPN Sports Center. uh, for those who hear this today or maybe tomorrow again download and subscribe to the podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud.com Graham Matthews always a pleasure man thank you and I appreciate it
0: Always, Randy. Always great to be here on the show. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to next week, brother. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks, dude. Catch you on the road. All right.